Today I talked to Robert Houchin. He is the owner of Clearview Shield Windshield Repair. He also does HVAC installation and plays bass for the Dirt Road Rockers. It's episode two. Okay, it's quitting time. Quitting time highlights people who make things happen. We have Robert Houchin joining us today. Robert uh, wears a lot of hats, and that's kind of a theme with people we have on the podcast. He owns his own company. He also does HVAC installation and is a bassist. And I'm excited to have you on today, Robert. How's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me. Did I accurately describe you? I hope I didn't miss anything. The only thing you could add is I'm a bit of a serial entrepreneur. But yeah, you pretty well covered it. So I'm curious what serial entrepreneur is. So I, I've been business-minded most of my adult life. Obviously, lots of attempts and failures along the way. Also, some successes along the way. I've done online retail dropship companies to retail companies. Uh, that one, one which grew pretty large. Uh, I sold at the end of 2015. Then I went on to own a men's hair salon and spa, which I'm bald and don't know how to cut hair. But <laughs> so, And then that actually closed during COVID and never reopened. Uh, we were one of the casualties uh, of COVID. And then last year, I started a windshield repair business. I n- never saw myself getting into something like that, but it made sense. And so I'm kind of running with that and doing some HVAC uh, along with it to supplement my income until things are where they need to be with the business. So, okay. yeah. So there is a lot going on in your life. My first question for you, and this is what I ask everyone, who is your role model? Oh, gosh. I would say A number one would be my dad. He's just a rock solid guy, always has been. He's always just been very consistent, very hardworking. He's a little more cautious. He's not as much of a risk taker as I am in terms of business and finance and things like that. But I would certainly say my father. He's uh, He's been an, an amazing man. Loving, consistent. Uh, he's been the rock of our family. So, mm. yeah. What is your main motivator in life? So that's, we kind of have the role model side of it, like who you look up to, but what keeps you going? For a while, it was money, <laughs> but <laughs> important. Uh, yeah, it is a necessity, but I've, I've certainly moved away from money being the, the main object. And at this point, it's personal freedom, you know, and the ability to enjoy my life and find joy find joy in the things that I'm doing. I went through difficult times, which everybody does, and I learned a lot about myself through those times and, mm. and realized what was important. And, and really, the, the, the biggest thing for me now is my children, and that they know that dad loves them and, you know, get them off and going in life. What I don't want to do is work myself to death, sell my soul to whatever it is that I'm doing and be able to enjoy my life as I go along here. I'm not focused on retirement like a lot of people are. You know, you get to retirement and the best years of your life a lot of times are behind you. So I'm working towards being able to enjoy my life now. What kind of ways do you enjoy your life right now? Like what are, what are the ways that you, I don't want to say get away, but I do want to say that's like, what are you doing to enjoy life right now? I take my, my daughters out. We go out hiking and rock collecting. We collect geodes and different minerals and crystals and things like that. Sweet. Um, things in life that kind of pull you away from that stuff and, and you forget about those kind of things or you don't have as much time for them. And it's, it's really about, you know, I hate to be cliche, but 
stopping and smelling the roses and really looking at the looking at creation and what's right in front of us at all times. And we're typically so busy in our outer world or even in our minds that we miss it. So geodes, where do you find those? <laughs> like I've seen videos of people like um, picking them up off the ground. There's certain areas throughout the U.S. and throughout the world you can find them. I'm fortunate enough. I live about an hour and 45 minutes from Keokuk, Iowa. Uh, and Keokuk is known for Keokuk geodes. So my daughters and I, we go down to that area uh, right across the river from Keokuk is Hamilton, Illinois. And we, we go down there and they've got a bunch of geode mines down there that you can go and dig your own geodes out of the ground. So we have a blast doing it. We take a pick and, a sh- and some shovels and hammers and chisels and, and uh, we'll go down and spend the day and come back with five gallon buckets full of them things. And I will take the geodes then and cut them in half with a tile saw. And I use diamond polishing pads and polish them up the edges and everything and, and get them ready for display. And um, so, yeah. Okay. I shouldn't be asking this, but are they, they, that sounds like you could sell those for like a lot of money. Like, are they worth anything if you were to um, sell them? The ones that we're getting, there were, there is some value to them. You're nobody's going to get rich off of them. Sure. Um, I would say some of the more valuable ones would be found more down in maybe Mexico and some other countries, there are some really valuable ones and probably a couple spots here in the U.S. But, you know, the ones that we get, they're about the size of a softball and, you know, they could probably sell for 30 to 50 bucks. There's three things that you gave me and that's your windshield repair business, HVAC installation, Mm -hmm. and then being a musician too. And so for me, I guess what I'm curious about, there's only so many hours in the day. How are you doing (laughs) these three things at the same time? I'm really working towards balance, balancing my time, time management, and I don't schedule everything out on calendars. I don't, you know, I don't sit down and like plan my day out, but I know what I have to do. I know what's, what needs done. And a, mm. a big thing I mentioned earlier is being present, being in the moment and, you know, not, not letting the mind wander to things that are not relevant in that moment. Right. Not being in a state of worry, not being in a state of, of being anxious for the future or just dealing with what's in front of me at, at all times. And, trying to stay consistent with that. So mm-hmm. there's a lot happening. And I, I just mentioned this to a friend earlier today. I said, you know, I'm grateful for everything that's that's came into my life recently. And I'm busy, but I'm not overwhelmed. And I think a lot of that has to do with, with where my mind is at throughout the day. So what does a typical day look like then? Like, what are you doing throughout the day? I'll give you an example of say, yesterday. My, my daughters, I have to get them off to school on the bus by 730 in the morning. And about the time they're getting on the bus and leaving, I'm getting myself ready to go do HVAC for the day. Um, and then, you know, I'm out the door by 7.50 in the morning and clocked into work by 8. Got a typical work day. We, a lot of times, we'll get done by roughly 3, 3.30 in the afternoon. Might have a windshield repair tucked in there in the afternoon or 2. If not, I'm, I'm usually home by 4, right at the time the girls get off the bus. Um, you know, hang out for a bit, and about the time they go to bed, I'll go down and work on business stuff or music. Now that I say it, it sounds like a lot to fit in there, but, (laughs) you know, it goes pretty smoothly usually, so. Okay, but that's kind of how it's structured is it's HVAC takes up most of the day. Clearview Shield is kind of like at the end of the day, and then whatever else, paperwork, business stuff. Sure. (laughs) Okay, 
Why did you decide to start your own business in this? Like, did you just feel qualified to do it? Was there a need for it in your town? What was the reasoning for starting Clearview? I felt led to it. There's a low cost of entry to get into the business. There is definitely some technique involved to doing it correctly. Now, just to be clear, I don't I don't do windshield replacement. I fix rock chips, cracks, things of that nature. I try and get a windshield fixed before it needs replaced. The benefit of that, there, you know, to the customers, a lot of the new cars they have a lot of technology in the windshields that if they replace the windshield requires a lot of calibration, things of that nature as well. The insurance company prefers to have it repaired versus replaced. What I'm finding is there's a huge market for it and it's wide open. There are some people that do it. Uh, there's not too much, too many quality people doing it. I would say, you know, it really didn't take much to get it off the ground. It was, it was more a matter of get the website up, get a Facebook page, you know, now it's a matter of just building the clientele. I also have some fleet accounts, which are, you know, companies with commercial vehicles. I picked up one recently with a number of semi-trucks. With the cost of everything, what's happening right now, you know, we're all experiencing inflation, um, supply chain shortages. It's also happening in, in auto glass. So it's harder to get the correct equipment to replace a windshield. You know, hopefully that changes again at some point. But in the meantime, you know, people like myself are are seeing a good influx of business from that. So sure. now there are there are companies out there that'll sell you a thousand or two thousand dollar or even ten thousand dollar package to get you started in your windshield repair business. I I had the benefit with this. I've owned multiple businesses in the past, and so I I knew the back-end stuff as far as filing for an LLC and sure. getting an EIN, you know, federal employment identification number, those types of things, you know, dealing with getting insurance lined up. So that part of it was very simple for me because I've done it. The biggest hurdle was learning how to actually do the repair. And, you know, starting a business really isn't that difficult on paper when it comes to filing with the state and filing with the federal government. You know, it seems complicated, but once you kind of sift through all the extra nonsense, there's there's really not much to it. Our country is great for starting a business. In. I mean, it really, really is. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of opportunity. Um, you know, you can start a business doing anything in this country. It's just whether or not there's a market for it. There's probably challenges that occur in the winter for you. Is yeah. it pretty challenging? Do you see an increase in business of people who are damaging their, their windshields from ice or whatever? Or is it does the business kind of die down a little bit in the winter? December is the slowest month of the year for this for this industry. Okay. Um, it's a mobile service, so I travel to the customer. I will go to their house or place of business, wherever it's at. So my, right now I'm doing repairs outdoors. You know, eventually maybe getting a place to a shop, I should say, to where people could, you know, pull in. I could have a heated area to do it throughout the winter because the windshield does need to be a certain temperature for the repair to go correctly. If it's too cold. There are ways of dealing with that, but it is challenging, uh, which I haven't quite mastered yet. But I think by next winter, I'll be I'll be in good shape. So, OK. I am not musically gifted in any way. I can't sing. I can't read music. I don't play any instruments. But you are kind of doing this professionally right now. So I'm just kind of wondering, like, the story behind that. First of all, what? So you you play bass. Yes. I also play guitar. 
played piano and you know band instruments back in the day. You're with a band right now? I just got hired on with a band out of the Quad Cities called Dirt Road Rockers. It's a country rock band. Uh, they do a lot of country tunes, a little more geared towards rock music, they, you know, some classic rock as well. It really, it happened pretty quickly. I, I, I had played in many bands before, joined a church worship team back in, I think, 2018 and, and did that for a few years. A very, very talented group of people I got to play with there, and it was that was a really good experience. I haven't been doing it for a few years, and I kind of got the bug again, and I was scrolling through Facebook, and I saw that they were hiring, and I thought, well, let's just see what happens. That was on a Wednesday. By that Friday night, I had done tryouts, and by 11 o'clock that night, they called and said I was the pick. So, so you, you of, just I, found out about it, and then you were in the band two days later. Yeah. Yeah, this this all started uh, a couple weeks ago, and they're really I, I'm really impressed with how well they're established. You know, they play a lot around the Quad Cities, but they also get into Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, Texas, Florida, play downtown Chicago. So yeah, they've got a pretty tremendous following. Sweet. What kind of time commitment is that? Are you gone on weekends or just when they need you? They are booked. Pretty much every weekend for months out. Uh, usually it's one night a weekend. Occasionally there is two nights a weekend. Like last weekend, I know they were in northern Wisconsin for the World Championship snowmobile races and some other event that was going on. They played Friday and Saturday night, but most times it's you know either a Friday or Saturday night. I just want to thank you again for coming on the podcast. I would oh, love welcome. to have you on in the future if you would be back on. Yeah, I'd be I'd be up for that. It'll be it'll be interesting to pick this conversation up again and see what's happened between now and then. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, yes. All right. Thanks, Mike.